0: Time travel, sci-fi adventures, and risky rolls of the dice lie ahead. Hello and welcome to Anywhere But Now, a Doctor Who actual play podcast. I'm your host and GM, Casey Jones. The next hour and a half or so holds a thrilling adventure in time and space. So let's dive in. With me is the daring crew of our time-traveling machine, Playing the fixer is the ever-resourceful Brand Osorio. Hello, Brand. Hello. And joining him is Maeve Sullivan, played by the ebullient Kate McCoyne. Welcome, Kate. Hi there. And finishing the TARDIS team is none other than Pandora Beatrix as the unpredictable Calamity Hap.
1: Hi. Hi.
0: And returning today is our special guest star, Amy Flanagan.
2: It's so nice to have you back. Hello, Amy. Hello. It's great to be back. Thank you.
0: Are you all excited? You feel that energy?
2: <clears throat> Woo.
0: Yeah. yeah. Get ready for a collaborative, immersive storytelling experience, because that's what I've brought to tables for over 10 years. Stick around after the game for interviews with the players. Brought to you wherever you're listening in time and space. This is Anywhere But Now. Previously on Anywhere But Now. Your assistance is ur- urgently requested aboard the Sigourney. Please bring your technical assistant to c- c- consult. All right. The formerly destitute kingdom of planets called Brennan, Sigourney was a project of Snackums that has to do with a gas giant that is one of the planets in their system. Snackums appears to be leasing the planets the project of the Sigourney is being run by someone named Dr. Vera Luden.
3: It's a Snackums
0: project. On the view screen is what appears to be a docking bay, having massive tanks being moved around by shipping machines and helper bots. Nearby, just waiting outside, is a tall blonde man and a ginger haired engineering genius. When you step out in your spacesuits, the tall, blonde, he sizes you up in the spacesuits. You made it. Welcome. Ah, brandable. Smoky. Charmed. Nice to meet you. Naturally. Of course, you're honored. Biggest question, super important. Did you bring the giant scissors?
4: It is such an honor to meet you, Doctor.
2: Thank you. Hi,
1: I'm Calamity Hap. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm sorry about the spacesuits. We're only wearing them because last time we did Snackums things, there were a bunch of zebra waffles eating.
3: I'm Maeve. I don't know what's going on there. We're wearing these suits because we don't trust Snackums. I'm sure
0: you're fine. Apple sauce laser. The Helperbots here are bulkier. They look like they can do more of the heavy lifting. Just below the collarbone is a little embossed seal, says Helperbots Union. The Sigourney is the size of several city blocks. From any direction you walk in, there's the constant thrum of power running at maximum efficiency. The gas giant below is called Close to look. It is made of a gas called ditritium, which is used in the preservation of snack foods. He takes you to a great big sciency room where they control the optic channels. Big old laser cannons are pointed at the gas giant below, Attached to the laser cannons are tubes which run to more pipes. Doctor, how is the team
4: filtering the gases they collected to make sure there aren't any living things in it?
2: Sensors and filters that take care of all of those things. Certainly anything that was living would contaminate the gas, so we have taken several precautions to make sure that that is is the case.
0: You mentioned living things, and Brannable is like just chuckling. You have no idea how many probes and things we sent down there. There's not like even little crew. There's not like even little space shrimp in there. It's just a great big cloud. It's there for the taking. It's great. There for the taking. Your sonic takes a look at the canister in question. The contents of the tankard are moving about inside the tank, they are not stationary. The pressure is building significantly. The rattle and the warning on the screen, you get that half a heartbeat warning in your gut first that tells you to duck before there is just a pink and an explosion bursts out of the tank, tearing it open. Blue and green gas flies out. A blue wisp of, gas breezes its way out of the colorless smoke tornadoes itself into something resembling a torso and starts shrieking! cut to the sick bay with a pair of shambling corpses with almost glowing incandescent white-blue eyes reaching out towards Maeve, the doctor, and anyone within grabbing distance.
3: Well, I'm gonna take a step out of grabbing distance, first of all, and say, all right, well, you've succeeded. I am very scared, but why don't you tell us how you Got here, and what you're planning to do, I'm sure we can figure something out. I'm positive.
0: Give me a presence and convince roll. You are at a disadvantage because you've already failed once with these people, but in the spirit of fairness, we will tell you what you are up against. Present and convince versus the result of four. That is a
3: two and a five for a thirteen.
0: Unfortunately, I have a 10 on the dice with a four and a six brings us to a 14. You would need to spend one story point to get to Nova's territory since there was a six on the Gelf dice and two story points to get it to listen before it tries to attack something.
3: I will spend one story point.
0: So you have said these things, the Gelf hear you. So this is the yes part of the butt. The, these faces slowly half shift from anger and lashing out to confusion. Even just standing in front of you, you can tell there's a delay between thought and action. These things are slow. They are using bodies that have passed on, but you have not broken through. It, it with the gasping and the screeching and the pounding on the pipes. And in the aftershocks of the shrieks, you can hear more rattling as the pipes continue to tremble through the sickbed across the station. There are aftershocks of the explosion as the bones of this thing shift and settle. Calamity, Fixer and Dr. Luden, You are all in the entrance to the gas processing. The ship has shook. This is going to be a coordination roll to stay on your feet. The difficulty is going to be 15. So this is going to be coordination, athletics, if you have it. Got a
4: 12 with a four and a three in the dice.
0: The fixer is tossed. You're gonna hit the floor, but not hard enough to hurt yourself. But you do lose footing when the station groans.
1: I got an 11 with nothing special on the
0: dice. Great news! You get to go on a trip! (laughs) As you are tossed towards the center of the room and one or two bodies which may or may not be conscious and groaning, Dr. Luton, how did you roll?
2: I rolled an 11 with a two and three on the dice.
0: You two stumble to your knees in the station. The room is a wreck things are not on fire but things are still very hot gas is wisping out of the ruptured tanks although the flow has been shut off from the pipes we have talkers we have movers we have doers and we have fighters this constitutes action okay what are you people doing knocks to the ground in the gas process
4: first thing i'd like to do is check on calamity and dr luton calamity are you okay
0: sure i mean there's a lot going on,
1: and I'm still missing half of it, I think. But did you see the blue alien? I think alien.
4: Probably an alien, yeah. Probably a native of that gas giant down there.
2: An alien? That's...
1: Well, I mean, it was like screaming gas. It could just be a coincidence.
0: Ugh. There are alarms going off as the station is slowly recalibrating orbit. There is a squawk of intercom static overhead as the captain of the ship calls in from the bridge. This is Dunkley Redmond. What the hell happened down there? Is anyone hurt?
4: Head over to the communicator, activate it, and say, Captain, I believe that the species that your crew has taken off the planet has decided to either try to take over your ship or make a break for it. In either case, it has unfortunately harmed a bunch of people in gas processing. Can you please send a medical crew down here?
0: On the double, you hear her patch your line into the sick bay, where before anyone can say anything, you just hear <laughs> over the intercom from the sick bay. And the captain's like, What the hell? Security, security to the sick bay now! Security to gas processing! Get them the hell out of there! Cut to Maeve in the sickbay proper. Currently Maeve is a step or two away from two angry looking Gelf who are shouting at the top of their lungs and reaching out slowly with claws. They are reaching for a medic and the doctor that are nearby.
3: How many uh, people are in the med bay right now that are not zombies?
0: There are two zombies in front of you. There are two humanoids in front of you. One is the frilled lizard wearing slippers and one is just a medic. And there are presently two people on sick beds over your shoulder.
3: Okay, I have a question. Are there any other doors in here, like a quarantine room or something like that?
0: Unfortunately, no. The plastic sheeting they put up, they weren't expecting anyone to die here. This room does not have an airlockable quarantine kind of space. I love where your head is at. You are on a space station, and every door you've passed through has been one of those shoop, shoop. It is likely that there are other places on this facility that could be sealed off. Okay. Two Gelf are moving towards the doctor and one of the medics. See how they do getting the hell away. The doctor scoots back. And loses a slipper, but zips right past you. While unfortunately the medic is pinned, he backsteps against one of those beds, and one of the gelf reach for him, shrieking, "Yes, Yes, as it tries to lay its hands on him. I put to start of the next round. Mave,
3: I'm gonna grab the medic by the hand and try to pull them away from the gelf, so they can follow the doctor out of the room and then I'd like to try to bait the Gelf after me.
0: Ooh, okay, that sounds cool. First off, we're going to need a fresh fear factor, because now you are deliberately trying to get closer to an actual zombie. This is going to be a difficulty of... That was 10, that's double fives. So the number you're trying to beat is 22, to resist and flee. Given that part of what you're trying to do is also run and back away from this thing, I will say that you're an advantage on this roll, plus you're a companion. So yes, you are rolling at advantage to snatch and grab the (laughs) medic that's about to get grabbed. So this is your resolve and ingenuity. Okay. Throw two on for being a companion who has faced creepy things trying to kill people before.
3: I got a four and a five for a total of 19.
0: You are currently at a no but. So no, without spending any story points, you are currently at a no but.
3: I'll spend another story point.
0: Okay, that brings you to a yes but. Yes, you are able to resist the fear of this thing that is not currently trying to grab you, but as you grab onto the person, you realize he is frozen paralyzed with fear, so you're gonna be at a disadvantage to actually get him the heck out of here. Give me, please, a strength roll. Let's say survival, because you're trying to help someone survive. As you pull him away, you are going to, he is going to be resisting you just because he is paralyzed with fear.
3: That's a four and a three for a 10 on my end.
0: Okay, yeah, that's not great. (laughs) However, The man paralyzed by fear rolled a three, and there was a one on one of those die. So he is in absolutely no position to actually resist. When he feels you take his wrist, that snaps him out of it just enough to get him away. Let's see, however, if the Gelf zombie is able to grab onto him as you're pulling him away. They are at a disadvantage because they're reacting to something. They only rolled an eight and there was nothing special on the dice. So the medic's tunic may rip a little as it grabs for the collar and only gets the collar. But you managed to successfully pull this thing away. In that same round, however, the gelf that was not grabby grabby for him has seen you take someone out of their hands and is now looking at you. Good job! You successfully managed to get their attention behind you. The doctor is like, Quickly, get over here! Let's get the hell out of here! You hear beeping as the doctor is tr- trying furiously to do something behind you. And only half succeeds. You hear a flush behind you as there's a slight crackle of air conditioning and ionization in the air. A force field has gone up around the sick beds that are currently occupied, hopefully to keep these things from those creatures. Unfortunately, it does not block the door and it will not help you because there is no force field between you and them. Start of the next round, alarms are going off. There is rattling in the pipes above. Boot steps behind you as security are on their way
3: okay security's on their way i'm gonna turn towards the doctor and be like we can trap them in a hallway we can and uh, the doors can close on both ends right we can lock them in and then find a way to suck the gas out back into the planet where it's supposed to go right
0: the doctor is blinkered he's watching corpses of people he knew lurching forward and you're trying to use logic at him at the same time (laughs) let's see how he's doing about like just background noise fear factor He's not doing great. That's a six on the dice with a two and a four. So he's like barely able to keep it together. He is not in a position to answer your questions. Seal the hatches, guess, Rod, get out of here. Keeps trying to get people out of the sick bay as the closest Gelf reaches for you. Since you turned to talk to the doctor and took your eye off the Gelf, the closest Gelf is rolling to grab you by the space suit. This is going to be a strength and conflict roll on behalf of the Gelf. That is a seven plus their strength of four, 11 plus conflict is 15. The number to beat with your strength, let's go ahead and call it survival because you're trying to get away from something that is trying that could very well be trying to hurt you, is 15.
3: Well, it's a six and a three, but only a 12.
4: Can I give one of my story points to help her in this moment?
0: You are not even in the same room. I'm not sure how story point contribution would help here.
4: I was hoping calling in the security might help in this moment.
0: You can spend a story point to quicken the arrival of security. They will come in at the top of the next round. Maeve has the six on the dice, which brings her safely to a no but. No, the Gelf behind you does not successfully keep a grip on you, but it rips a tear in your spacesuit along the back of the neck as you instinctively react of like jumping to get away from this sudden thing clawing at you from the background. Cut to the interior of the gas processing plant where Calamity can get to her feet. The three of you are still actually prone. You haven't actually gotten to uh, your feet yet.
1: Given that we are wearing spacesuits, space suits, do they have radios in them? by which people would normally like talk to each other when they were in a place without air?
0: You can communicate with the other members of your party without having to roll anything. Your suits are paired to each other. If you want to... The
1: question was just like, are those radios like on by default? If we have our helmets on in in the sense of me having been able to hear what Maeve was saying.
0: Yes, number one, add a story point. That is a uh, wonderful idea. You have been able to hear at least one half of this conversation, both you and, actually no, only you, because the Fixer took his helmet off. You have been able to hear one half of this conversation, and maybe faintly the shrieks of the Gelf, so you have at least some idea of what's going on.
1: Okay, then I will say... I think Mae's actually in sick bay, and that seems better. Then I run back in that direction.
0: Fixer, Dr. Luton. You have gotten to your feet in the gas processing room.
2: Getting my gas analyzer, my diagnostic scanner, and my access key card out of my pockets, trying to stumble over to the control panel and start hitting buttons to see if I can figure out what's
0: going on. Give me an ingenuity and technology roll, and you're going to be at a disadvantage. So that means rolling three dice and using the worst of two because the computer is currently a little damaged from the explosion. That's an ingenuity and technology roll, plus the two dice.
2: So take a four and one, and that's five plus nine, which would be 14.
0: So yes, 14 is more than enough to discover information that is not a secret, especially with the gas analyzer. What you're able to tell from the readouts is there has been a eruption in this room in the pipes. The tankards of quote-unquote impurities have also been torn open. The station as a whole is stable. It is in orbit. It is not in any danger in that regard. The gas in the pipes has locked off. All of the systems of gas and everything have shut off automatically because of the explosion. It's a safety feature because the last thing they want to do is pump more gas, and you've done that, you've shut off the gas. There is still gas in those pipes, it's just not moving around quite as freely. Life support is stable, gravity is stable. The but in this occasion, because you did roll a one, you have lost control of the system from here. You cannot turn back on any of the systems from here. There are other places on the ship that you can control gas processing from, but the actual control part of the console has been damaged in the blast.
2: And I turn to the fixer and say, let's go and run out of the room.
4: I will run after her while we're running, I'd like to say. Dr. Luden, I can tell that you didn't know that these things were living in the gas, but right now we have people across the station who are in danger. And if possible, I'd like to find a way to save them and return those beings back to the planet they come from. Do you know of any way we can do that?
2: Let's concentrate on doing one before the other we have to stabilize this gas before we go anywhere else. Anything living in it will be stabilized as well.
4: What does stabilized mean?
2: Meaning that another pipe won't burst. They will stay where they are for now.
4: It won't cause them additional harm though, will it?
2: I have to be honest with you. I didn't know they were there. I have no idea what will cause them harm.
4: Thank you for your honesty.
2: If we don't stop
0: this now, we will all be harmed. Lead the way. Fixer, give me an awareness roll with Time lord senses, because this is that thing where you're able to multitask. Pay attention to multiple things at once as you're listening to Dr. Lou. Give me awareness and intuition, please. Again, state difficulty of 12.
4: <laughs> well, we got a 12 in total with a 6 and a 1 on the dice.
0: As you guys are talking, you see security filter past you and help Randable Smocket to the door. They grab one of the engineers that is still upright and coughing and they help them to the hatch just past you guys because you're the main characters.
4: I'd like to memorize where that hatch is as we continue running.
0: Okay, we'll bring up the map. Meanwhile, in the hall, Calamity, as you left gas processing, you encounter a helper bot in the hallway. This particular one has both hands, they're working, and it says, Sure, are you
1: currently operating functionally? I'm assuming that we're somewhere halfway between gas processing in in sickbay at this point. So yeah, so Calamity's not gonna stop, but she'll be like, Yes, I seem to be fine so far. I'm just going to sickbay because there's screaming.
0: (laughs) The helper bot hovers right along with you. It nods dutifully. It may sound a little too chipper for a disaster going on, but it does say, We are so, so glad that we called an expert on chaos. As you head towards the sound of the screams, Meanwhile, in the sickbay, Maeve has just cleared from icy cold fingers, just grazed the back of your neck as it tore through the fabric of the back of your space suit. It is no longer airtight as the Gelf slowly amble towards you. They are empty handed and they are not happy about it. The Gelf will do that thing we like to do on this show, which is talk and move at the same time. The Gelf are shrieking about, Oh, vote! Oh, your vote! leave us alone! Help us with the monsters! Ah! As they slowly amble behind you, they will not catch up. Uh, <laughs> unless you trip and fall.
3: I am going to grab the medic with one hand and the doctor with the other, mm-hmm. and we're gonna book it back towards gas processing. So I just grab their hands, run! Run seems like a good idea right now and head off down the hallway.
0: Give me a coordination roll to keep on your feet between, so like grabbing the hands of these two medical people and trying to cheese it out the door as security are looking in and like, what the blue hell is going on in here? So yeah, give me a coordination roll. Let's say this is a difficulty I will say it's tricky to get two people who are both distracted and afraid to go with you in the same direction. So this will be a difficulty of 15. Give us your coordination, please, and survival. And throw two on for being a companion who's run from spooky things before.
3: Well, I got a five and a one for a total of ten.
0: Yeah, that doesn't work.
3: That doesn't math out.
0: That doesn't math out. (laughs) So let's roll for the doctor. Oh no, that's a snake eyes. So the doctor did not come with you. Uh, let's see about the medic. <laughs> that's du- okay. So I rolled snake eyes and then immediately rolled box cars. The blue frilled head lizard doctor gets frozen with utter terror when you try and tug on his hand, and just he's in a cold sweat. You completely lose the grip of his hand. However the medic that you just saved saves you back as you guys dash single file between the encroaching security guards that is your motion the gelf do not get any closer to the doctor um because they've already spoken and that was their motion and it was a one and a two on the dice so no they're not getting any closer to him however the other gelf the other Gelf rolled an 11 and one of those was a six. So unfortunately, the second of the Gelf does grab onto the frill-headed alien doctor with both hands and now has them in a tight, icy grip as the arriving security guards, do 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 How are they doing with the fear factor? One of them is just fine. One of them is averaging, averaging <laughs> with double threes. I'm like, okay, dead people. With the doctor, okay. Are they firing? What are they doing? Okay, that is an eight. The first one fires a small laser pistol. Uh, they are security. They are armed, and that is good enough to hit, unless the Gelf in question is. Yeah, no. The Gelf is not particularly fast on the uptake. The first security guard fires a blast at the Gelf. Not attacking the doctor, the one that it has a clear shot of because you guys just cheesed it. The blast hits the corpse this thing is occupying and there's a little scorch mark and the ghost kisses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fun. And we'll come to that in a second. Cut to the hallway. As we've said in our previous episode, about four people wide. So you've got the Fixer, you've got Dr. Luton, you've got Calamity, you've got the Helperbot, And now you've got Maeve and the medic scooshing in this hallway as the security men press themselves against the wall. Everybody give me an awareness roll, please. Awareness and intuition, please. And uh, Dr. Luden, you're at a plus two because you built this place.
4: Okay, got a four and a five on the dice for a total of 14.
1: Uh, I have a four and a two for a total of 13. Calamity has an 18 with nothing special on the dice.
2: Okay. Okay, I got a 16 with a six on the dice.
0: Beautiful. So, in ascending order of what you notice from not much to, oh, neat. Alarms have shut off. Now that the fires have gone out, the station is no longer shaking at all. There are no ominous rumbles. It has truly settled back into completely stable orbit. You do hear Gas, both hissing in the sick bay. You also hear screaming and laser fire around the corner in the sick bay, and moving up the awareness levels. So, <laughs> this is fun. Fixer. Yes. You notice amidst all the chaos that Brandable Smocket cheeses it past uh, the security men and talks about getting to the mess hall, and you see him disappear away from. The sounds of gunfire and the smoking ruins behind you. Of gas processing, he's like, "I'm going to get to the galley! I'm going to <laughs> save Chef Andre!" Oh no, the cranberry! And he's like, uh, 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 uh. and like his knees are just flying in the air as he as he races down the hallway. Very expensive, very uncomfortable shoes. As he runs for Chef Andre. <laughs> <laughs> there is still some light rattling in the pipes, which in this segment of the ship appear to be completely intact overhead. At the top of the awareness, however, is Calamity, who sees a wisp of blue slip from the sick bay and shoot off towards gas processing.
1: So over our heads past us.
0: It's apparently being a little bit quiet because you're the only one that noticed.
1: Okay. Um. Oh, so we just, like,
3: crash into each other in the hallway? What's going on?
0: <laughs> you guys just crash into each other and amid the bric-a-brac, that was what the awareness role was for, is, like, what are you noticing in the crush?
3: Okay, okay, okay. Did you know that the gas can inhabit bodies that can't attack you?
4: Excuse me? The gas can inhabit bodies?
3: They can possess
1: people?
3: Dead people. I, w- oh. I don't know if they can living people. They didn't do that. They possessed dead people. And then they tried to hit us, grab us, do something. That's great. Is it?
4: Calamity, I wouldn't recommend getting touched by these things until we know exactly what happens when they do.
1: How else would we find that out? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any of them visible? They said they were shooting. Are they, like, the further down the hallway? The animated bodies?
0: They have not left the medical center, no, it's only been about a turn.
1: Okay, so they they have not left sickbay, so who's shooting? Security. Into sickbay.
4: Is there any way to seal the door to sickbay?
1: Uh, I mean, there are still sick people
3: in there, but there are force fields around the bed now, so...
4: So if we can keep those force fields active, close the door, theoretically they'll be safe inside.
1: Theoretically.
0: Theoretically. We love
1: theoretically. (laughs) One of the things, you know, went back that way, so I'm gonna go back that way now again. And Calamity just turns around and then starts running again.
4: Does it seem like Calamity is very clearly running back towards gas processing? Yes. As uh, they're running in that direction, I would like to turn to Dr. Luton and say, if they're heading back to gas processing, does that mean they can release more of their kind?
2: We should get back to gas processing.
4: That's a really good idea.
3: Maeve has pulled out the note taker and is getting everything down.
4: Pull out sonic stylus and see if i can do a quick flick on the medical door to seal the airlock and give us time to run back to gas processing to handle that
0: we're gonna hold on to that when we come back to you your action will be to try to seal the medical bay i want to focus on calamity running towards the blue gas calamity what are you after are you trying to talk to the ghosts
1: i'm just trying to be in a place where something's going to happen when it happens and not slightly afterwards because it's just it keeps happening and it's you know it's stressful I'm missing everything. <laughs> so yes, so she's mostly just going to watch. Okay. I mean, if she sees something useful to do, she might, but... Something is going to happen in that direction, so i mean to go see what it
0: is. You are chasing after the blue wisp overhead, and it descends from the ceiling long enough to bundle itself up into a ball and start to shoot itself towards the gas processing hatchway, when the younger of the two engineers is half in the doorway there's room to the side of him to get past this thing and he looks at the blue gas that's tumbling over itself the gas rears back and shrieks
1: i'm gonna like try to copy his facial expression because it seems like he's got some sort of like really neat like Muscular control, or something that he can scare gas people with his face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, give me a presence and convince roll, trying to copy the expression on the engineer's face as he's doing a, a, a stare down with the, the blue wisps.
1: Talk so out an 18 with nothing special.
0: You're doing great, you soundly overroll the floating blue ghost and try to do the same expression and the ghost is confused as heavens at the two of you as it tries to scrape up against the ceiling again and start to shoot off in another direction the engineer looks up at it and says Yes, guy off it's like your patch is it do <sighs> Gelf. He just gives you one of those like chin nods of like. No, it's work against that thing. Meanwhile, Fixer, you reach the doorway of the sick bay, where on either side of the door, the two security men are firing. One of them has fired and shot one of the Gelf. The blast has hit the body, and it shrieked, and the specter inside the zombie shot out of the mouth of this thing, circled and then zoomed out of the doorway. So there is currently one angry gelf taking shots that it is not too worried about as more blue gas circles ahead, and we're trying to seal the door?
4: Yes, please. And one quick question, just uh, anything I would have learned about these types of gaseous beings uh, while going through the doctorate program. Is it just specifically a weapon hitting the body that drove the gaseous entity out of it, or was it a specific wavelength of light that did Did it? Did it seem like it was obvious from that?
0: Give me an ingenuity and knowledge roll, please. Plus two for the doctoral program. Got a 15 with a one and a five. 15 is enough to remember some useful things about the Gelf. They are a gaseous species from another plane of existence. They, some of them at least, were forced into this dimension because of the time war. They have also migrated or naturally occurred on gas giants, just like the one we are in orbit over. And I think even despite the one on that roll, you did get a 15. So I would say that uh, you remember they are not fond of fire. They need gas to survive and move around and they do not mind inhabiting dead bodies for a short while.
4: Oh. Oh no. Okay. Turn to Maeve and the doctor as I'm attempting to seal the door and say, we are unfortunately we're dealing with the gill. My concern is that I feel like the most efficient way of handling them might actually be removing the atmosphere from the entire station. Is there any possibility we have enough suits on board or a place that we could put enough of the survivors and then vent the rest of the station? They need the gas to travel.
2: You're talking about venting the entire station? Do you know how many people that is?
4: I'm hoping we have areas that we can seal off. And it it seems as though they they aren't able to go through the material you're using to create your force fields. So maybe we can replicate that technology on whatever area we decide to to hold the people in while we vent the station. Again, Doctor, if you have a better idea, please, I would love any solution you have.
3: Well, wait, if you can pump them from the planet to here, can't you just reverse it and pump them back the
2: other way? These things are outside of all of the tubes and the pumping mechanisms now. We'll have to deal with them some other way. I don't have a better idea. Let's
0: go to the bridge. Dr. Luden, give me an ingenuity and technology roll, plus two, because you built this place. And in the meantime, Mave and the Fixer both add a story point for solution toward thinking. Excellent. I've
2: got a one on the dice, a two and one on the
0: dice, so total is 12? I'm not doing well. You are not doing well, but that's okay. Low rolls can lead to high adventure. (laughs) So, yeah, you are a bit scattered right now. This is a bit of a doomsday scenario. You do vaguely recall that there could be more options from the bridge, especially since gas processing itself appears to be damaged. Getting to the bridge would be a good direction to go in.
2: Okay, I start heading for the bridge.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile... Calamity and the engineer are still in the doorway as the ghost is spinning around and trying to figure out where it's going to dash to.
1: So you 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 know the the blue gas ghost things you you dealt with them before. Sorry, I was just I was just copying you, and I do want to ask if you like studied at a monastery or something because that's really fascinating. But oh, also
0: this. You're talking to the engineer who has not taken his eye off the blue specter circling the ceiling. He says, "Yeah, I've run into these things once or twice. Unpleasant little windbags. bags. is the bags." He he he. Skate the thing. That's not great. See how the specter does. <laughs> Even worse. Okay. The engineer says, "Skate the Blue Wisp shoots off towards the galley cool mess hall. So yeah, that's the end of that action round. Maeve and the doctor, Luton and the fixer race up the hallway, followed by a pair of very silent security guards.
4: Can we choose to pass through uh, the galley so we can grab Randible and the chef on
0: the way through? if you want you would have to turn this way and turn that way to get there but that it would take i'd say an extra two rounds of traveling but yeah that's absolutely an option
4: if we can re- reunite with calamity and reunite with
0: brandable and the chef let's try to do it
2: okay. i hate to say this but i'm going straight to the bridge i'm not turning right or left
0: dr luton add a story point for being focused on your baby uh you're heading straight <laughs> for the bridge Am I correct in thinking Calamity is also going to the galley, or what is she doing?
1: She's really, she's really torn because the, the engineer is interesting, but also the thing is interesting. And also, the engineer is technically, when it comes down to it, just doing weird things with his face. So <laughs> probably whatever the ghost thing does is going to be more interesting. So she is going to go off in that direction when it does decide to leave. So she's
0: chasing it again. Okay, give me a coordination roll, everybody, and don't roll snake eyes to successfully make it to the galley without tripping and hurting yourselves. Uh, Coordination plus athletics or just coordination by itself? Coordination athletics is great. I got a
3: six and a three for an 11.
2: Got a three and a
4: two for a 10.
3: I have a 13.
2: got a three and a two for an eight. (laughs) I got a rock. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so at a 10 or higher, you are able to make your way to the galley. The engineer follows, and does not roll a lower than an 8. So, Dr. Luton, it takes you a minute. You accidentally hip-check the doorway hatch on your way through. You're that distracted. But you make it onto the bridge, where there are still low flashing lights indicating the place is not entirely station shape ship shape and the captain is overseeing things as various stations and their operators are giving her updates etc you come in and she says we're getting all the strangest readings i've ever seen from the halls and the pipes what happened
2: i yell at the top of my lungs emergency we have to vent the ship
0: Beautiful, give me a presence and convince roll, please. Plus two, because the captain knows that you're level-headed and don't say weird things like this lightly.
2: I rolled a six, so I think I got a 17.
0: The captain did not roll spectacularly. There's a one on those dice, so yes, they believe you, but they are not going to immediately just like, hit any massive button that just airlocks the entire station. (laughs) She does turn and snap Life support, begin the protocols. Prepare for emergency decompression. This place does have decompression protocols, which you helped build. Hearing those magic words does pull you a bit out of your shock, Dr. Luden. You will be at a plus two to help with decompression protocols if it does actually come to that. The good news is you have brought the warning message to the bridge and they can start trying to do the things. Meanwhile, in the galley, you guys reach the galley where you see Chef Andre swinging an empty frying pan with one hand from behind Brandable Smocket, who is screaming at a high, high pitch, waving his little jet burner for creme brulee at the ghost <laughs> that is screeching <laughs> overhead. <laughs> Get away, we don't want you here! As you enter,
4: Look for some more of those crème brûlée torches so we can try to ward off any attacks from these things. Ooh. uh... I love it. Turn to Calamity and say, if you brought along that stun baton, now might be the time to break it out.
1: No, it's all right. You just have to make this face. And then I make the face again.
0: That was awesome! (laughs) (laughs) Fixer, give me an awareness and intuition roll, please. As Maeve starts rifling drawers around the galley for more of those little creme brulee torches. Okay,
4: I got a three and a five on the dice for a total of 13, but for this one, because it will hopefully keep people safe, I'd like to spend that story point if it'll help out.
0: We'll come to you in just a second. Maeve, what did you roll looking for creme brulee torches?
3: (laughs) A one and a two (laughs) for a ten.
0: (laughs) You do not find anything.
3: The dice are antagonizing me today.
0: No, you do not find anything. You're on a space station. I'm not going to give you any more penalties on a freaking space station. So, yeah, Fixer, you spent a story point on your ingenuity and your intuition when Calamity says you just had to make this face. And she pointed at the engineer who made that face. Yeah, just got to do one of those faces. Ha 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 Fixer, you know he's hiding something.
4: While I'm looking for the creme brulee torches, because again, I do want to make sure nobody gets attacked by these things. I'm just going to give him a very knowing look and say, could you please not twirl your mustache when
0: people are in danger? It's very off-putting. <laughs> so you say that to him, Don't please don't twirl your mustache quite so much and then just brush past him. Give us an awareness roll for finding brulee torches while...
4: Oh, I already rolled for that. I got a uh,
0: three and a five for a total of 13. So you're looking around, 13 means you will find a drawer with two or three brulee torches in there.
1: Like, if it does seem like the, the blue ghost thing is is actively menacing people in in the sense that they, they are forced to try to fend it off of various cooking implements. Um, she did She did want to, you know, try to make the face again, so that it would would go further away. Um, Although then she would be forced to chase it, so there's pros and cons.
0: I will say the Gelf keeping well enough away from the the current brulee torches looks at you and is not currently in a position to do a fear factor because it is also in a state of agitation. Give us presence and convince to do the face.
1: It's only a 13 this time, nothing special on the dice.
0: That's funny, the face didn't work on it the fixer has found a drawer with two extra creme brulee torches to help ward off the gelf floating overhead as dr Luden and the captain on the bridge begin the steps for emergency decompression across the station we are currently in an action scene just as a quick recap we will have talkers followed by movers followed by doers followed by fighters currently the gelf circling the ceiling is shrieking at the top of its lungs. Leave us alone, let's go home, keep us from the monster. And it tries to claw at the pipe that is against the ceiling but since it's completely incorporeal it's not doing a blessed thing to the actual pipe. But that is what it is trying in futility to do.
3: Maeve has heard this reference to the monster now a couple of times. Do I know what the monster is? Is there something I'm missing as a player?
0: No, there's nothing you're missing.
3: I pick up the note-taker and be like, where is the monster and what is it?
0: Maeve, give us an awareness roll, please, with intuition, and this is going to be a following your purpose because you are pursuing the truth this is your focus. So yes, yeah, since you are using your focus, this is going to be all all three dice. Keep all three.
3: That is a six, a four, and a two for a total of nineteen.
0: Chef's kiss. With the six on the dice, that is a yes and. You were in the sick bay when things blew up. You were not actually present in the gas processing room when things blew. With the six on the dice, what you are able to immediately tell is that this specter, you've overheard that it's run away from someone in the room. And you can tell from the way that the Gelf is trying to keep itself both away from the fire and something else, you're able to follow where it's not trying to get. And you are the first person to spot the engineer sidestepping very quickly towards the bridge.
4: Uh, I would like to turn to uh, Brandable and Maeve and say, Maeve, I believe if you can get Brandable to the bridge, I am sure he'd be happy to tell you all of his opinions on the current state of affairs at this station. Calamity? And then look at the engineer. And you. We're going to siphon control. We're returning these
0: things back down to where they belong.
3: Maeve is not going to do anything that takes her away from that engineer. <laughs>
0: so brandable is like oh are we going this way and like oh you're not you're not actually leaving you're not you're not moving
3: yeah run as fast as you can go to the bridge (laughs) and then i'm gonna (laughs) head towards the engineer
0: yeah so you're all basically here the engineer is here by the he's been sidling towards the door and he says you know we can do all that from the bridge they've got the controls for siphon control from up there lead on don't mind if i do and he turns. Okay, so the engineer is heading towards the bridge as Chef Andre now has a pan and a lighter, although the specter above him uh, does not appear to have any interest in him.
1: Uh, I wanted to turn to the, to the fixer and be like... So, did it not work when I did it that time? Does he have, like, an invisible mustache and I don't have an invisible mustache that only Gap can see? Are there, is there a certain kind of person in the galaxy that has an invisible mustache and Geth aren't afraid of?
4: When you say that, I'm just going to give him, the Engineer, the dirtiest look ever, and say, it's definitely someone the Geth might call a monster.
0: The Engineer is not looking at you. The Engineer is ignoring you, as Maeve and the Engineer are closer to the bridge.
4: Can I just do one thing then?
0: I would like to actually
4: hand the torches that I got, the uh, little uh, creme brulee torches, uh, one to uh, Maeve and one to uh, Calamity.
0: You guys have little torches, little jet-button torches for flaming brulee. Okay, so you make your way to the bridge led by the Engineer and Maeve, followed by Calamity and the Fixer, and Brandable is in the mix as well. So an approximation of the Bridge of the Sigourney. Even here, with the alarms off and the silently flashing lights, you can hear the faint rattle of something hitting on the pipes. The captain and members of the crew are talking actively about emergency decompression as you walk in. What I would like from all of our PCs and Dr. Luden is an awareness roll with intuition, please. And uh, Maeve, since your focus is the truth, you can roll three dice and keep three. 12 is okay, 15 or higher is better for noticing things.
3: Uh, I got a one, a four, and a three for a total of 15, and I will spend a story
1: point or two.
0: We'll come back to you in just a second when we get the rolls from everybody else. Got a four and a four for a total of 13. and a three and a four for a total of 16.
1: I got a one and a six for a total of 16.
0: Things are happening pretty quickly on the bridge. So you enter through here, the various stations of the bridge are here, and those that rolled a 12 or higher notice that the engineer uh, immediately goes to this station over by the corner of the room. Dr. Luden with the 16, you're slightly confused because the engineer just went to computer core access. That has nothing to do with anything to do with emergency compression. That's not his station at all.
3: And as he walks to that station, I say, Dr. Ludin, I don't know what he knows, but he knows something. I believe he's the monster the Gelt are talking about. We have to stop whatever he's doing and find out what he knows.
2: I point at him and with everything I've got, I yell, stop right there. (laughs)
0: Presence and Convince roll, please, from Dr. Luton, our special guest. This is going to be your Presence and Convince add to because you built this place. You are invested in this place. Actually, considering that is your focus, you also get to roll three dice and keep three dice here. Tell you the difficulty you're trying Mm -hmm.
2: to beat. Oh man, I rolled a six and a one and a two. That's fine. They cancel each
0: other out. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine, they can't take Okay. That. Plus, resolve, plus a nine. I rolled a total of 15. The engineer has a one on his dice. <laughs> you are yes. able to call out to him, and you say stop, and he does not want to stop, but he is compelled to, and he slowly turns on his heel. This is the start of a round. Do we have any talking from Calamity or The Fixer?
1: Uh, if it seemed like the Fixer actually knew the engineer or who he was or what was going on, because his tone made it sound like he did, but then that's sort of a thing that they do. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to check. If it seems like the Fixer does know what's going on, then Calamity will stop caring because it's handled.
4: Oh, if I, if I can be really honest in care. From an outside character, in-character point of view, um, uh, once I the Fixer found out that the uh, Geth were, in, were victims, basically, of the Time War, um, that brought up a lot of trauma for, for the Fixer. And so he's operating on some assumptions based on Time War trauma that might have nothing to do with what's
0: going on right now, just FYI. Interesting.
1: Okay, okay. I'm going to dig into it then, because it's, it's unclear to Calamity what the hell's going on. So who is this person? Are they a monster? Do they have an invisible mustache? I mean, do you have any insights? Things are going great, honestly, but, but it's very confusing.
4: I think the thing that confuses me the most, Calamity, is how there are some people out there that you run into. Not people like you or me or Maeve or some of the other wonderful people we've met. That when everybody's in danger, that when everybody's at threat, their response is to find it exceptionally funny. You know, I've had some incidents in the past with people like that, that the minute I hear a victim telling me about a monster that has abused them, and I see someone walk into the room and laugh at that victim's suffering, you know? And in that moment where I'm getting more and more intense, I'm gonna turn towards the nearest, uh, one of the floating robots and say, are you um, authorized to apprehend that? And just point at the engineer. Literally with the look, like I'm looking at a Dalek.
0: The helper bots turn and confer to each other. Give me a presence and convince because you are trying to ask the robots to do something that may or may not be part of their programming. Plus two because you are recognized as the tat tat technical aid. Ooh, technical aid, yay. Well, I got a four and a five on the dice for a total of 16. Let's see how the robots do. The robots rolled a three and a one. So they are in no position to turn down that idea but they are not fast enough to uh, just immediately jump into action. They turn then to the captain and the captain completely confused says, yes, grab him. And the robots zoom, zoom towards the engineer. Yeah, they cross that distance, no problem. The, at the top of the next round, they are going to try and uh, grapple him. There are only two types of people I've seen who could take joy in that type of pain.
4: One of them doesn't walk around on two feet, and the other one does.
0: And I'm hoping we're going to find out which one of those two this is. As the robots are scooting across the floor, and they've put their hands in aggressively friendly positions (laughs) to try and grapple the engineer, he looks at you with a mix of disgust and arrogance and impatience. Oh, come now, you biped, feet are overrated.
1: Quick, close your eyes, he's doing a (laughs) face.
0: He makes no effort to stop the robots as they attempt to grapple him, which will be at the top of the, the action round.
3: Did he already move to the computer to, like, did he pull anything up on the computer before we stopped him?
0: No, Dr. Luden said stop, and he, he could not. With that okay. one of the dice, he could not. So he's turning around. He's facing you guys away from the computer as the helper bots are getting closer.
2: Crewman Thatcher, what have you done?
0: A smirk picks up on one side of his face and it's joined on the other. She's not very fast on the uptake, is she? Crewman Thatcher's not in here anymore. And that's when the robots latch onto him. Neither of the droids roll better than a five. Their hold is not particularly forceful. House rules we have combined that people can talk and do other things in the same round because that's just the flow of things. Since he did not offer any resistance whatsoever, he is, however, going to attempt an attack, a very special kind of attack. It will be his resolve and convince versus the nearest robot that is attacking him. The robot rolled very badly. The robot rolled a three with a one-on-one of those dice. The droids cross the room and attempt to take hold of Crewman Thatcher. And at that point, his whole face lights up as if projected from green off camera. And the glow, the green sheen off of his face is reflected in the face panel of the robot that is trying to clutch him from one side, and it immediately goes rigid, and rather than the friendly blue underlight of the robot's circuitry and LEDs, all of those lights are now green, and it lets go as Crewman Thatcher is now limp in the grip of the only robot that's still trying to hold him.
3: Maeve moves to the computer that Crimin Thatcher was trying to access. I'd like to see Mm -hmm. if I can figure out what he was trying to do.
0: He was trying to access the central computer hub, the brain of this entire operation.
3: What kind of operations can you perform from that?
0: Give me an ingenuity and intuition roll, please, and throw two on for experienced companion
3: oh that's not good uh one and a two for a total of 12 but could i possibly spend a story point
0: yeah you're currently in <laughs> in no bus territory a single story point will take you up to yes
3: yeah i'll spend one
0: from the very little that you're able to grasp here and having just witnessed a person apparently take over a robot it occurs to you that a person could have tried to take over the computer if he had not been interrupted before getting the chance to do that.
3: We have to keep him away from the computer core.
4: I'm going to pull out my sonic stylus, point them at the hover emitters that could, or whatever device controls keeping the robot aloft, and shut those down (laughs) so face first on the floor.
0: That is going to be doing. Do we have any other talkers before we get to the Fixer's doing?
1: So Calamity, seeing what happened with the, uh, with the engineer and the, and the robot, going to sort of run over to the robot. No, it does not matter what, what color his face is. You are unionized and he is not your supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to spend story points to make this even possible. Basically, calamity is calamity is attempting to to reverse whatever superpower this guy used on a robot by the power of you know uh, workers' rights.
0: You rock! That is amazing and wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. We're going to say that since it's a robot being possessed, that it is possible. It is going to be a. I'm not even sure what you would roll here.
1: <laughs> it feels like it feels like another.
0: like a story story point expenditure. Obviously. It's such a wonderful idea, but there are stakes at play, so we do Uh need some risk. If you spend flat out three story points, you will have the desired effect. If you want to spend two or less, the robot and the thing currently controlling it will have to roll to combat each other. Well, you would roll presence and convince uh, because you're trying to reach the, the robot inside with, I know you're in there somewhere fight.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, now then yeah, I want to spend two.
0: And... Please give me presence and convince. This adheres to your focus because you are helping this robot be unsinkable. So roll three dice, use all three, give us presence and convince. Okay, so the bad thing got a 12. I think the robot did better. Calamity, what did you get on the dice?
1: Uh, I have a 17 with nothing special
0: with a 17 on the dice, spending two story points to help make this thing possible, you have successfully verbally rebooted this helper bot from possessed green to flickering blue-green, 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 before it goes completely stock still, shudders with electricity, and green gas shoots out of it and circles above on The ceiling. Crewman Thatcher is prone. Helperbot it just left is rebooting and getting back to its senses. And the helperbot next to it has let go of the prone Thatcher.
4: Oh well, I was originally going to disable the uh, helperbot, but your solution was far superior.
1: But you haven't gone, so oh, that's
4: very good, pair. Um, Well then, we have uh, a gas control system in here, right? Can we vent? Can we pull that up into the
0: gas control system? Doctor Luton. Would you be so kind as to give us an ingenuity and technology roll using all three dice because this is your baby here. This is going to be difficult. This is uh, going to be a difficulty of 18 and you do have story points to spend if you wish to spend story points to help things along. But when you say gas control, the captain does a quick whistle and one by one, you see people at their stations grab a strap of something to hold onto. <laughs> and
3: that's a way better idea than I had. I was gonna ask if there was a vacuum cleaner around. So.
0: <laughs> that would be good. You will notice the lovely and convenient handlebars available to grip onto for safety. Dr. Luton, what did you roll today?
2: If I did this correctly, I rolled a 24.
0: It's three, six, six on the dice, plus six, plus three. You got two sixes in the mix? That's boxcars. Things could not have gone better. These strange, baffling things have been going on on your station, and you've heard these people, these brilliant, mad people, talking about uh, gaseous creatures taking over bodies, taking over robots, trying to take over the ship. All that matters to you is the word gaseous. And you get to the controls and the captain and everyone have been preparing now for at least two minutes in game time, preparing to activate the emergency decompression. And you play those controls like a pipe organ and it is Sunday morning. (laughs) As across the station, there are just these (laughs) As the gases are pulled out of every single room and lights go from blue to lighter blue to fainter blue to the normal white light that you are used to as the gas, the green gas circling in the bridge is pulled into a thread and drained right into the vents to the exterior of the Sigourney as blue wisps of gas are shunted down holographic pipes back towards their home of closer look as the green gas that uh, constitutes the uncle in the family of greed rattles around and is sent into a sealed tank for impurities <laughs> where it just impotently pounds on a metal canister. And the station rights itself. The lights come back up to full. There's that as the right balances of oxygen refill the rooms little by little. And of course, Calamity, the only one with an intact spacesuit, is just like, oh, that's that's fun. That didn't really affect me in any way, shape, or form. But it's nice to it's nice that it happened to people. No, she was um, actually
1: waiting for like a, an exterior airlock door to open because she was not going to really hold on to a handlebar. Just like. <laughs> not a big deal Just be, fortunately be there are no
0: direct airlocks from the bridge does seem, that seems but you know snack the it does seem I unsafe. love that answer but snack, the um, <laughs> but snack the danger has passed do we have any last reactions from our players as the action is fading
2: I find a chair and sit down
4: <laughs> as as dr Luden sits down i'd like to approach her and say doctor I, I have to give you a lot of credit this station really is a, a a masterful work of engineering i suspect it was actually efficient and effective enough that uh and i'll point at the being bouncing around inside the storage canister thought it could turn it into a full-on body and basically become a living station i mean that's quite high praise
2: but i calculated and recalculated and it's not possible this could have happened i wonder if it's sabotage oh
4: but if this was sabotage that's concern
2: when we were up here before it looked like
1: the readings were different on the things from what we'd seen before um sorry i didn't mention it we were very distracted but yeah i think somebody i think somebody faked it so she couldn't see that there were, you know, gas people.
0: We're going to repair montage as helper bots work side by side with engineers to repair the gas processing room and the controls for everything. You're able to access the logs and it turns out that Crewman Thatcher, the laziest engineer involved in the project, has been siphoning off the impurities that they did not know what were. They weren't ditritium, they weren't O2, he didn't know what to do with them, and so he's just shunted them off into those tanks to be someone else's problem later down the road. With the addition from the fixer of software necessary to scan for gaseous life forms in the mix of the gas, you are able to refine the process, siphoning off of ditridium from closer look so that the gelf will not be affected by any further siphoning ditritium off of the gas giant. That is the extent of any kind of wrongdoing. It was okay. the, oh, I'm just gonna put this in, a, in an unmarked folder and leave okay. it for later. That's a relief.
2: That is a relief.
0: We cut to the docking bay. It has been a day or two later. Repairs are underway. The bugs and random factors have been worked out of the system, and the tankard with the green gas alien inside of it has gone relatively, has gone quiet. You are in the docking bay. Brandable Smocket takes those tiny, tiny scissors that you brought, snips them through the ribbon as the facility comes online and a little chorus of helper bots go (laughs) as production begins in, in toto on the Sigourney. Oh, the people of Britain are going to be so happy with you. Oh, this is going to be a red-letter day for them. Wait until they start to see the profits. This is going to be beautiful for them. Oh, you saved the whole kingdom. brother, brother.
4: Brandable, we'll make sure to tell Kitsie how amazing a job your team did during this.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so they say hi. And the robots turn to you when you mention Kitsie. And it's like, you know our union advisor? Kitsy is the best. Cut to the interior of the TARDIS. The scanners have identified the entity inside the tank. Uh, They are a member of a bodiless species. This one identifies itself as the family of greed. They survive by taking over hosts with longer lifespans than their own. They are incredibly dangerous, and you appear to have stopped this one before it could have done something incredibly dangerous.
1: Calamity's poking the fixer. But does it have an invisible mustache? (laughs) Does it? Well, I guess
4: one could consider it having an invisible mustache. After all, it's gaseous, so it could technically fill out any shape.
1: All right. Have an invisible beard, too, I suppose,
0: then. (laughs) Does Maeve want to interview Brandable or Dr. Luden or anything like that for her article?
1: I think
3: that uh, I would definitely interview both of them. Maeve is sitting a little bit on this story. She's going to write a story about the ethics of planet buying.
2: Ooh,
0: good. Mm.
3: But avoid directly naming too many names.
0: (laughs) Well, what you get from Brandable is leasing close to look has completely revitalized the economy of the Bernese planetary system. By leasing, instead of straight out buying it, they haven't broken the collection, which is something the royal family kind of cares about from strictly an image point of view. But because of the lease and the terms of it, they are getting a massive influx of cash from Snackums that will completely revitalize their economy. And coming up later in the local timeline, Snackums will be sponsoring the royal coronation when the crown passes to the next successor.
3: Interesting.
0: Before we head on to the TARDIS, I would like to uh,
4: turn to Dr. Luden. Doctor, thank you again for all of your excellent work. Um, you saved a lot of lives.
2: Dr. Luden is somebody that looks just a little broken. She says, I can't thank you enough.
0: Dr. Kathika Pittery comes up beside Dr. Luden and gives her a pat on the back. It's like, don't worry, doctor, everything worked out. There'll be other projects. And hands you a cup of cocoa and well, Brandable it. And a Sanax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you know the secret ingredient in my creme brulee. Tap, tap, tap.
2: Dr. Luden goes back to her quarters, takes out a picture of her wife, lays it on the desk, takes a deep breath, and pulls out a folder that says time travel on it and starts to write.
0: Cut to the interior <laughs> of the TARDIS. The fixer confirms the uncle in the family of Greed is uh, completely inert in the tank and can be safely disposed of.
4: Once I'm sure of that, I would like to just sit down in the shadow of the console, if possible, uh, with Maeve and Calamity in the room with me, staring at the container, mm-hmm. and say, um, "Mave, Calamity, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried because I really think that if it weren't for the two of you, this would have gone really badly. Really, really badly.
3: What do you think would have happened?
4: Um, old wounds would have led me down a path that would have resulted in me not seeing what was happening in front of me. And I don't know if we would have been able to, to save anybody on board there, the, the, the Geth or the, the, the units.
1: Well, you're right. If not for me, they we wouldn't have been here because w- we wouldn't have been invited, right? But that's sort of the whole point, is that these things happen they don't happen in good ways, but they happen in, they happen in right ways, right?
4: The minute Calamity says that, the Fixer brightens up, stands up, starts putting in coordinates into the uh, console and says, you're absolutely right, Calamity. You're absolutely right. Sometimes the universe is looking out. How about we go drop this criminal off at the local authorities?
3: We don't need to worry about more of this greed family, right? Probably. Well, good
1: to know. <laughs> How do gas people have children?
4: with a lot of pressure.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Folks, that was Lantern in the Smoke. I would love to go around the table, really introduce our team, and deal out those tasty, tasty experience points. Let us begin with our special guest star, Amy Flanagan. That was delightful to watch. How do you feel about having a Time Lord and their companions chaos their way through (laughs) your space station? It was
2: not what I expected at all, and I'm not sure what I expected, It turns out those spacesuits were a really good idea. I thought we were gonna need them in about 12 seconds or so. I've just had an incredibly wonderful time.
0: I'm really glad to hear that. Kate, how would Maeve report on today's events, having survived a second encounter with Snackums?
3: So, of course, uh, she's going to write this article on planet buying and possible ethical dilemmas around it. Kind of, it's a very both sides and neutral article, but, in a tiny mm. folder in the note taker, there's just a, a spot called evidence. And within that are conversations, notes, any documents she can find. And that folder is slowly growing.
0: Why Kate, does Maeve have an update to her long-term goal?
3: I believe that we are gonna try to take down the Snakem's empire.
0: I wish you luck. That'll be incredible. <laughs> Dora, what surprised you about today's mod?
1: It wasn't it wasn't surprising per se right like the the structure was very familiar but calamity was just calamity had to work for it this time <laughs> The chaos just wasn't happening to happen right where she was. It was happening in other places. There was a lot of running, but yeah, I I think, I think overall it was good and I was I was excited to you know to have various rifts and then and then ride them directly into the ground over and over again.
0: Those playing anywhere but now, bingo, we have checked the box for running down corridors. Brand, what surprised you most about today's mod?
4: Ooh, I love the the secondary element of uh, an, another gaseous being trying to uh, abuse the system that the humans already had in place to take control over other gaseous beings. That was, oh, chef's kiss. That's good stuff.
0: Yeah, I was I was wary of putting a hat on a hat in terms of baddies in a single episode, but the initial act break of, oh, this ship is rocked by angry ghosts, the Gelf, is, is a great ramp up and then learning the angry ghosts are also afraid of something themselves makes a nice accelerator. This is one of those mods that has multiple outcomes, that has multiple ways of fixing things or not fixing things and saving the day and coming up with a emergency venting the whole station thing at once. Is a beautiful twist on one of the ways that things can go. You guys never cease to impress me with your intelligence and your creativity, just your resourcefulness uh, of coming up with ways of <laughs> trying to find solutions. We are going to have to up our game because of how quickly you've gotten to. Oh, were there gas? Are there are aliens in the gas?
1: There's there's a certain amount of genre <laughs> on the part of time lords, you know.
3: It could have been. Well, and and
4: again, I love that idea that like anytime we encounter a new biome, I feel like Time Lords are going to be like, oh, excited Mm. to meet who lives there. It's like, oh, new species. This is going to be great. And then Mm -hmm. it it never seems to be great, but it always gets so close. (laughs) Just imagine if instead of that evil greed guest trying to do what it was doing, (laughs) the uncle. Um, if instead it was somebody trying to do something good, they could have had a, uh, you know, a intergalactic living gas station doing right by the universe. That would have been wonderful.
0: (laughs) It would have been wonderful. It'd be a different kind of show. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) The, The adventures tend to be less scary if the aliens are here to help versus here to hatch some nefarious plot. Amy, I want to thank you again for joining us today. The chemistry of this team has truly found its paces and they, they know they enjoy playing off each other. And then we bring in someone new and there's antagonism and there's, oh, wait, we're not so different and learning to work together and working to work side by side. And it's, it's, it's a joy to experience.
2: I've had a wonderful time. It was wonderful to watch all three of you uh, play off each other.
0: I will uh, go ahead and give out one more additional experience point to the ones you've earned uh, for the last portion of the game, the last mod of the game. So take one experience point for today. Do any of our players wish to give a a point to each other for moments that leapt out for you, that the beats of the story you really enjoyed, things like that?
4: Uh, yes, I would definitely like to give Pandora a point um, because I loved the way uh, calamity like would pick up certain elements and it just culminated <laughs> into the invisible mustache and that was that was so great. I loved the literalness of that that Thank was you. That, like that was so beautiful good sh- that was good stuff. <laughs>
1: uh, oh uh, yes, yes I I wanted to be uh, uh, like I, I just wanted to I wanted to shout out to Tame for the that shark instinct. You know, because she'll just stuff is going on and it's dangerous and panic and stuff. But then there's like there's that hint of of story blood in the water, and then she's like latches d- directly <laughs> onto it and just goes very very fast. Reporter story shark. blood. Uh, but yes, I always like that when her eyes light up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I definitely want to shout out The Fixer for remembering like yeah, the yeah. cream blue lay torches and that like Brandable and Chef Andre exist because I had completely latched on to other portions of the story <laughs> and I would have just like let them die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. I uh, love Calamity, I'm sorry. I loved that at the middle of everything going wrong, you have sort of a little fit, not because everything's going wrong, but because you are missing it and you've been missing it and missing it. And that is not fair. And you're just gonna, you know, throw a little tantrum about it till you figure it out. Thank you. Thank you for getting me. There is so much
1: FOMO going on. It was beautiful.
2: Yeah. And The Fixer, I think that it was just, I really enjoyed playing off of you. I really enjoyed that, you know, as I and Dr. Luden are kind of going nuts about what's going on, you just have this calmness and that cuts directly to the heart of the problem. And, you know, that sort of, you know, stabilized me as a character. And also I think just, you know, gave us a wonderful through line in the story.
4: Aw, Amy, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I really, really enjoyed the way that you uh, portrayed Dr. Luton. Um, like, I felt like it was really nuanced, and it was oh, a, just you. a joy to play. play yes,
1: it, it, it was. It was delightful, Yay! really, because like our our wacky hijinks would not would not would not come off as well if there were not, you know, just regular people having to deal with them. Um, <laughs> and and yeah. you, you really, you really got that across very well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you definitely provided the baseline of that tone of unamused that really gave them a lot to bounce off of. And I am, I am incredibly grateful for that. Yes, everybody concerned, please take an additional experience point for the nods that you've gotten from your co-stars. That is marvelous. From the bottom of my heart, Thank you for coming to play today. This game is not fun for me without players that enjoy each other's company and riff and find fun solutions and challenge me and make me do better the next time. Like you guys are really doing wonderful play. And finally, another big thank you for sharing your precious time with us. If you feel it's been well spent, Please share Anywhere But Now with your friends who are looking to enjoy themselves. If you like what you hear, leave a review, rate the show, and follow us on Twitter at Anywhere But Now with an underscore at the end, and wherever you find your podcasts. Links to everything in the doobly-doo. From all of us, I'm Casey Jones. Thanks so much, and have a great day.